Welcome to the Bike Pack Adventures Podcast. I am your host, Chris Panaski. This podcast was created so as to share the stories of bike tours, bike packers, and endurance cyclists from around the world as they embark on amazing adventures. Through their stories, you'll be able to learn the ins and outs of bike travel. You'll get insight into various countries and cultures around the world, hear fantastic stories of their journeys. Through both mine and my guests' experiences, you'll learn about the pros and cons of specific gear, bikes, and bike setups. If you're new to bike travel and considering going on an adventure, I hope the podcast provides you with that extra little bit of motivation to make it happen. I want to thank Panorama Cycles, Redshift Sports, Restrap, Race Day Fuel, and Brockman Cyclery for supporting Bike Pack Adventures and helping to keep me on the bike. Check out the show notes for more information about these amazing companies. Thanks and keep on pedaling. Welcome to the Bike Tour Adventures podcast. I am your host, Chris Panaski. This podcast was created so as to share the stories of bike tours from around the world as they embark on amazing adventures. Through their stories, you'll be able to learn the ins and outs of bike touring. You'll get insight into various cultures and countries around the world. They'll share fantastic stories of their journey, and through mine and my guest experiences, you'll learn about the pros and cons of specific gear, bikes, and bike setups. If you're new to bike touring and considering going on a tour, I hope the podcast provides you with that extra little bit of motivation to make it happen. If you're already a bike tourer, I hope my guest stories allow you to relive some of your own experiences and give you a good laugh or two along the way. In the meantime, enjoy the show. Welcome back to Bike Tour Adventures. In this episode, I have the chance to speak with Carl Presso, a nearly neighbor of mine living in the Ottawa capital region. Having worked in the bike industry since 2004, Carl got into bike touring in 2013 when an ex-girlfriend told him she wanted to bike tour for six months in Europe. Although the relationship with his ex may not have lasted, the bike touring relationship is still going strong even after all these years. Carl, welcome to the show. Hi, Chris. Good to have you here. I've been kind of following you and I think you've been following me for a little while on Instagram and Facebook and stuff and chatted a few times. So it's pretty cool that we're, we're finally recording an episode. Yeah, I saw you dashing through Canada. Yeah, that was fun. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, that looks really nice. It's on my bucket list. Yeah, I wish I could have made it further, but um, yeah, we'll see. Maybe this summer uh, my wife will be generous enough to let me go to Winnipeg and finish the country or something. <laughs> we'll see. Do the last leg. Yeah. So, Carl, why don't you start off by telling us about yourself? Uh, yes. Um, first of all, I'm a French-Canadian, so <laughs> I might do the little mishap once in a while. But, um, yeah, so like you said, I started in the industry in 2000, like early 2000, and um, I was really into cycling before because uh, when I was younger, um, I- I'm not coming from a really, like, rich family, so... Uh-huh. Moving around was always by foot, and uh, it took a long time. And then I got my first bike, and uh, it really rhymes with uh, liberty for me. Like, I could go anywhere. I was Mm. in Quebec City, and, like, I could do, like, wherever I I could go wherever I wanted. Right. Like, it was a a new thing for me to go, like, further and, like, just go with my legs and two tires and a frame. So, um so it was only natural for me to go uh, working in the bike industry. I worked everywhere, um, big distributor to like small bike shop. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, then I was road cycling, mountain biking, track racing, BMX, 
flatland BMX, <laughs> everything that you can do on two wheels are good. And um, yeah, like you say, one day I met um, Anais, my ex-girlfriend, and uh, I was living in Bromo back then. Oh, and, nice. Uh, she said, yeah, yeah, that's the reason why I'm uh, I'm around uh, the capital. Um and she was like, hey, by the way, we're starting this relationship, but I want to tell you that I'm going to be gone for six months in like next year. And I'm like, okay, oh, wow, well, okay. Uh, no big deal. Can I come with you? And she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? And um, so we started planning for this six month uh, road bike trip. So it was really just about like biking around. Um, stop at one place, rent like an odd hotel or mm-hmm. uh, like uh, Airbnb and then cycle around. And uh, then we we were like, oh, yeah, you know what? That would be awesome if you could just like strap a tent and sleeping bag. All right. Well, bike. let's say before we get into the tour, because I, I do have lots of yeah. questions about that. But I, I want to ask, yeah. where did you grow up? Are you from the Ottawa area or somewhere else? Oh, no, actually, no, I'm I'm far from here. I'm from Quebec City. Oh, you are? Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm from, like, I would say I was born in Montreal, uh, then I moved uh, to Quebec City. Uh, my mom was working uh, for, like, a, in the Quebec region. And um, mm-hmm. after a while, I moved with my dad, who was living in Bromo. Uh, so I was uh, one of the Bromo mountain biker. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, uh, like, the, the classic persona. Mm-hmm. I lived there for a while, uh, for a while. Then uh, I moved back to Quebec City to work for Lambert. And then um, I moved to back to Bromo, then to Gatineau. Okay, cool. Got it. Yeah, I grew up in, um, well, when I was a kid, I lived in uh, Val Belaire for five years. Oh, yeah, Val Belaire. <laughs> yeah, my dad, was, uh, my dad was posted in uh, Val Cartier and we, we lived Oh, okay, good. So we were always like neighbor. Yeah, man. <laughs> this is fate. <laughs> So you've always been a cyclist. Prior to yep. the tour that um, you and uh, your ex did, her name was Anais? Anais, yeah. Anais. Prior to the tour, had you done any bike touring or bike packing? Uh, n- not really. No, no. So more of just the, the standard, you know, road biking, mountain biking, that kind of stuff, BMXing, no, as you said. I, I think I, I think I put it in the, um, like the, the little file that I sent you, like for me, like, touring bike was like smelly dudes and like weird saddles yeah so, that's right like for me it was like all about racing and like anything that can go fast and i was like why would you do that like just take your car yeah that's true that's true yeah so let's talk about your tour um as you mentioned your initial plan for the bike tour was to um kind of centralize yourselves in one location and do some right road biking tours out and then move locations and carry on. How did that change throughout the planning phase? Yeah, like it was a good idea until we like strapping the tent to the bike. Like we were like, yeah, okay. So if we want to go further, we can strap a tent uh, to the bike. And it was like, well, okay, that's a good idea. Uh, and we figured it out. But there is a limit to our what a carbon bike with 25 C's can take. And that's um, right. So uh, we're really, we're getting really good to the nowadays with a uh, bike packing bike, but uh, like we weren't there. We were like, just, we want to roll bike and worst case scenario, we take the tent. And uh, Anais was like, oh, you know what? Maybe we, we would like to cook if we camp. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That That's a fact. So another bag on the carbon bike, 
And then it went on and on and on until like we, we were like, okay, where are we going to put this 10 meter extension cord <laughs> in the computer? Let so, me ask, why a 10 meter extension cord? <laughs> um, here in Canada, it's really hard to get electricity in camping or you have to go to the bathroom and um, like to the, to like, to the washroom and like plug your phone in the wall and then wait around. But in Europe, um, it's, uh, it's more common to have electricity on site. Oh. And, um, given the fact that we had like a camera, a laptop, an iPad, phones, GPS, even though I had like a dynamo and a like solar panel, it was easier I, I thought it would be easier to just plug in and then run the extension to the tent and then put everything inside, plug ah, it to the okay. extension cord, and then we can go visit uh, like the town and then without worrying that or like Apple, like MacBook Air would dangle from like the post in the camping. So mm-hmm. it was like I've been nagged at about this 10 meter extension cord and then it ended up being like the most used thing in our setup so okay so you guys you guys would just put your stuff in your tent and then have the extension cord running into there and then just go running off. to the post yeah and, yeah, yeah. and go so, do some sightseeing and stuff yeah yeah it did just, you never you fear just go, for getting all your stuff stolen out of your tent yeah um it's your <laughs> up so so still you still have this thing uh on the back of your head but um it was it was okay, okay. uh like campings are really safe so okay nope well, yeah, we didn't have really to worry and uh, we were really cautious. Like even if we were in the camping, we were locking the bike if we were going by foot. So, Okay. Yeah, no, and I think no. of all the people I've talked to, I've only heard of maybe one person said they had something stolen once when they were in a campsite, you know? So like of all the people and all the times they've camped, they've only had one. Where was it? Um, I'm feeling like maybe somewhere in the south of France or Spain. I can't remember. It was just, um, I just have this memory, vague memory of a, a conversation. It's quite surprising because like the feeling was like we were, we were safe. Okay. So we never really feared for our stuff to be gone. And like the extension cord was like this extra safety me- measure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, after after a while, like we were looking at our road bike and then it was just ridiculous. Yeah, what kind of <laughs> like bike were you using, the road bikes? I had a Venge S-Work. Oh, uh, nice. <laughs> yeah, with carbon wheels. Real nice. And uh, that, was, that was my plan. I was like, I'm going to go cycling. Like, remember that back then I was like, road cycling is everything. Yeah. Um, I was coming from Bromo. I moved to Gatineau and then I was missing... Like it was, it was not like Bromo. So I sold my mountain bike and bought a road bike and went all in. And, um, my girlfriend was, uh, riding a tarmac. So like a specialized tarmac. So it was way beyond the bike capacity. Um, we had like everything like, but the kitchen sink. So we went on and, uh, built ourselves to custom, um, specialized AWOL. That was not really a full-on touring bike, I admit today, but like did the job. Like it was a steel frame, and um, they had a lot of uh, eyelets to put the to put like luggage on. So right. It was it was okay. It was quite flexy, and uh, we got some scares in uh, Sardinia, but uh, it was okay. And then like we were like, okay, so now it's gonna be more of a touring trip, and then instead of like 
camping to like going to one place, we'll go to from one spot to the other. And then it went from a road cycling to a full touring trip. Okay. And you completely built up these bikes, right? So can from you tell, tell us about Don't. what you did, how you, how you planned it? What was the, the plan going forward with this bike? So before, yeah, before going to like, it's always important. Any experiences like cyclists. Yeah. I think even you did that, uh, prior to your cross country trip, uh, like do a small trip, like, mm-hmm. like I did yeah. go for like a test run. So we did, um, we did two trip prior to the, to Europe. We went to Sandbank, which is uh, like a near a, Brighton. Yeah. Yeah. It's or awesome. Picton, um, Picton, yeah. Yeah. Picton, uh, Prince Edward County. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we went there and it was flat. So the bike was built with uh, the the bike. They were built with uh, 105 uh, triple crank sets. Okay. And um, 1128 cassette, triple. And uh, it was flat, so everything was okay. And um, the bike were perfect, like built with a 105, um, like Arkel and Surly rack. TK 540 rims, um, like all, all the thing. Like I put like a downhill ob on my bike and I was like pretty confident that everything's would like be okay. But mm-hmm. then we did the second run in, uh, Vermont and then we found the limit of the triple crank set and it was, uh, it was a shock because like we're not used to that. Like we're used to like climb mountain with yeah. 34 on our road bike. Pushing through it and just making the mountain happen. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. It's, it's like 3428 on a road bike. It's like, it's easy, easy, easy gear. That's a compact. Like I was racing on 36, uh, 52. So it's a mid compact. Everything is like, you don't need like more gear than that. And unless you have like, like 30, 35 kilograms of bike to pull you down. So uh, it was a reality check. We, um, we like, I went back to the drawing board and like replaced the front, uh, the, the crank set for, uh, uh, SLX crank set. And I mm-hmm. hacked the front derailleur, uh, like to make it on a triple mountain bike on a road setup. Okay. How do you do that? What's the, Oh, I didn't want friction shifter because we were a road biker. So yeah. I, I, I cut the cage, I cut the bottom of the cage, I um, folded like an aluminum piece and I um, I rivet gun, like I used a rivet gun to put uh. it, uh, like to shorten the cage. Mm-hmm. And it worked, like it was, we were not really confident. I was not really confident. I never said anything to Anais. Um, <laughs> I was like, yeah, it looked like an ag job, but I'm pretty sure it will be okay. And I don't know who was looking for me, but like they lasted for like, they're still lasting uh, today. Like I'm not using this, this transmission anymore, uh-huh. but like it's in the box and it's still perfectly fine. Wow. That's cool. All right. So you eventually moved, you said to uh, an SLX front uh, derailleur and crank set system just to have a, or not the derailleur, but the crank set just to have that wider spacing of gearing, right? Or smaller, I should say. Oh Yeah. Even though it was way smaller, we ended up like even swapping the uh, the granny gears for like something even smaller. Like I think it was like twenty six, uh, and we went down to twenty four. Okay. And did you guys um, use drop bars or flat? I'm assuming you use drop bars because you're road bikers, right? Yeah, d- drop bars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
in the middle of Europe, we were like, yeah, we'd like to try butterfly, but like it was like we were in the middle of Europe and we wouldn't want to replace everything in mm-hmm. like there. But like drawbar are really comfortable, their natural position. So it was not really something that we we were like discussing about like you know, cranks at length and uh, ratio, maybe more, but like drawbar was always like in the option list. Okay. And what kind of saddle did you guys use? Brooks. B17? Yeah, B17 and the B17. I think it's called the B17S for women. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's and slightly slimmer, right? Something like that? Uh, or shorter? Slightly stubbier, yeah, like yeah. shorter. Um, I was comfortable right... Yeah, no. I wasn't comfortable right away on it, but uh, and Anna is neither, but like we left the bike one night uh, under a rainstorm. And uh, we're, we didn't, like, we didn't remember to cover, like, the, uh, the saddle. Okay. And, it, yeah, big mistake. But actually, this mistake proved to be the best way to uh, form those saddle really fast. Because once it's wet, you just ride on it for a day, you let it dry, and then they're perfectly mold. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but now I know. I had also read a thing was like, um, you know how people say, well, it'll get sweaty from your ass just from normal sweat and blah, blah, blah. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's the reason why you shouldn't wear chamois if you're cycling on a Brooks and you want to wear it in because you're not the sweat's not going to go through enough. So... Um, yeah, exactly. You need, you need your sit bones to be sitting in there and pushing and you need that yeah, uncomfortableness to form it, right? Yeah. And it's not everyone that wants to go through it. Um, this process of like form, like forming your saddle to your, uh, to your sit bones. So mm-hmm. some people like they ate this saddle, but like most of them like just rode it for like a week and they were like, no, 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 it's, it's crazy. It's hard as a rock and I can't ride on that. Yeah, it was a it was a teething process for me to get used to mine as well. It was um, I I was second guessing it at first as on that one thousand my site wife uh, sorry my wife and I cycled to Quebec City last summer so twenty nineteen mm-hmm. so summer and a half ago and I was using a brand new Brooks seat for that and I was not loving it but slowly <laughs> and surely it kind of got formed in. Yeah, now now that I know about like the rain trick, I'm I'm all in for like just. Put water on my saddle, go for a ride, and I'm pretty sure it will be okay. But I, on my bike packing uh, bike, I installed the new Cambium one. How do you like it? It's it's a love story. No kidding. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's like it's it's like the Brooks that it, that would have been like broken for like three years, but right away, right out of the box. Oh okay. Um, good enough for me, like to just replace my um my letters like letter brooks for uh for another like cambium one it's it's awesome like it's the natural rubber one it's uh, mm-hmm. i know exactly I, yeah yeah i'm working uh i'm working in bike industry so like i never go like for the entry like level so i took like the one like with recycle of fibers and like natural rubbers but like i'm pretty sure they all do the same job of being comfortable right off the box mm-hmm. i was skeptical about this really really and um no, their their claim is real. It's uh, they're they're really nice. And how do you find for its um, durability? Because I had read some issues about the Brooks Cambiums and stuff, or people complaining. But probably for every complaint you'd see of that, there's probably somebody complaining about a leather seat not being durable either. So yeah, yeah, I saw a lot of broken bolts on the on the like Brooks uh, leather saddle. 
uh, tensioning bolt. But mm -hmm. uh, so far, so good. Um, I wouldn't say that I... I don't know what's the failure rate on, like, given on a, like, a year basis. Like, uh, how long did you ride, did you ride mm -hmm. the saddle for it to, to fail? But so far, so good for me. They're really good with their, their warranty anyway, so yeah. I'm not super worried. But, uh, no, so far, so good. All right. How much did your bike weigh once it was built up? Uh, that's a question that I'm pretty sure you knew uh, I'd have an answer for. I, I knew you would have an answer, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, they were, I just want to be sure to, like, I think it was 15, um, yeah, right around, it was, oh, man, that's, that's, uh, no, 50, uh, yeah, 30, 30, like 28 pounds. Okay, 28 pounds, say. and Fully that's with, uh, is that racks and everything, or? It racks and everything, yeah, 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 yeah. so, because I remember it being, like, 67 and 68 pounds, uh, with, uh, with the luggage, with the, every panniers on. And oh, okay, everything. nice, and were you guys using four panniers then, or? Uh, yeah, four panniers, one rack, uh, one pack rack from Ortlieb's, okay. and, um, and, uh, an handlebar bag that I, w I was using mine for a camera, mm -hmm. and I was using her for a snack. Yeah, I have the uh, the old the older Ortlieb uh, handlebar bag, and it's much bigger than the newer ones. And um, now it's going to go on yeah. my wife's bike. It's going to go on her folding bike for her. So when we travel and stuff, don't you don't you find it a little bit flexy? Uh, it's a little because, bit flexy. That's why it's going to go to her. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because uh, and it's the old I've one that snaps, like, not with the magnetic latches. Like it's the one that snaps. Shut. No, I, th I think no, I think I, we had this one, like the snaps ones, and yeah. like with the like the cords all around. And then the problem is like it's flexing, like the body of it, like the frame is flexing. So if you're like on a bumpy road, um, I wouldn't use this bag on like a bike packing trip all oh, right like just... i i used it for my first tour with my dslr and what i did is i went to a store and i bought like one inch uh foam and i i kind of used double-sided tape and taped in a piece in the bottom that fit the exact size and i taped a piece all the way around the inside and then i had some dividers in there and it was perfect but yeah and that I was indonesia so it was pretty bumpy as well but not yeah. ideal <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did uh we did a tour with the premium uh Ortley premium uh set, like the lightweight one. Mm -hmm. And uh there's a reason why why when we went back from our trip we like sold everything and we bought uh Arkells. Yeah, Arkells awesome, isn't it? Oh man, it's like I was skeptical. I was not skeptical. I knew the reputation, but like I was like, yeah, Ortlieb has a good reputation as well and Arkel as well, so uh, I can have Ort leaves, so let's just order Ort leaves, mm -hmm. and they're lighter. But like, there's something you know that after a certain weight, it's it's irrelevant. So yeah, and like there there's aluminium um, like mounting hooks, which is like Arkel is plastic, and we got multiple like failures, like rail literally rip, ripping off the bags, and um, like hooks would just like undo themselves and just we would lose and like and that was on the Ortlieb's or the Ortlieb's the Ortlieb's yeah yeah, yeah my Ortlieb's really... have plastic I've never had a problem with them but they're plastic hooks and all that stuff and it, it's the shim also like but like mm -hmm. honestly Ortlieb's are really good but it's always relative like we went for six months so 
Yeah. Like everything, yeah. everything has a breaking point and like we found it like uh, three months. Yeah. I think trip, we could so. talk about gear all day. I'd love to talk about yeah. like our cows, um, you know, the, the back, the roller bags they have now that sit sideways. It's like a pannier that sits sideways at the back of your seat. And yeah. I think they're awesome. Like they're, cause you have access to stuff and there's just yeah, so you have access to everything. Yeah. Whereas like you the seat have- post bag I use this summer. What a nightmare. Every time I want to get my tent out, I had to dump the entire thing because everything else was wedging the tent in. Yeah, I went for a bikepacking trip this summer and um, I discovered that you really have to just use one thing in one thing. So yeah. like I was like, w- saddlebag is going to be tent and like front is going to be sleeping bags and like my backpack's going to be for like a little bit of clothes. And ah, Okay. Just want to check with uh, you guys were using clip-in pedals on your bikes as well then, right? Since you were road bikers? Yeah, XT. XT pedals. Yeah, nice. Yeah, not uh, like so double. So you have like one uh, clipless from one side and then uh, it's a platform from the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because uh, we had flip-flop and uh, we had some day we were, where we just wanted to ride in flip-flops and like normal shoes. We didn't really have normal shoes, but like in sandals. And uh, so it was, it, it gave... It gave us the like flexibility to just like go with the bike, go mm-hmm. to the beach, and then just like come back. Would you have identified lots. yourself as a heavy, moderate, or lightweight bike tour? At the beginning, we're really moderate. Um, we didn't want to be like those uh, hauling like hundred pounds on the bike, and uh, we wanted to go fast. Like mm-hmm. it's road cycling, so you want to go fast. You you strap bags, but it's still a, a bike with panniers it's not like a touring bike then a couple months in no not even a couple months in but like a week's in uh we're like collecting rocks and books on the side of the road <laughs> so, <laughs> at the end we we're like lifting the bike and we we're like oh, that must be like at least 100 pounds and uh like we went from really moderate to like huh you know what a book won't change anything that's funny because usually people get lighter as they go and you guys kind of did the opposite oh uh, yeah <laughs> i was the same way though when i toured indonesia i was just like buying souvenirs and stuff and i was like well i could send it home but which is malaysia at the time but i'm like i could just carry it it's only for two weeks more or whatever so you can get lighter but you can go also get stronger yeah so that was our mantra so let's talk about your route through europe um where did you guys start we started in rome uh with the Why plan to, um good question i kind of figured uh, oh sorry go ahead no no no. go ahead i was gonna say i kind of figured maybe because italy's freaking expensive and it's a good place to start in the expensive country and then kind of go from there but i know switzerland's expensive too but have you, i was about to say have you ever been to switzerland i've only read Wait, about I'll, it. I'll, I'll, <laughs> talk, I'll talk i'll talk later about the sandwich index okay you'll find it really funny so yeah, Rome. Uh, Rome was uh, mostly because of temperature. Uh, it's uh, it was um, as south as we wanted it from like a big international airport, and um, we had uh, when we were like looking for a trip. We were like, it's six months. Six months. It's not a. I would say for some people, it's not a, like a long time, but for us, it was like five months and two week more than what we did before. Right. So, so and, and it was uh, April. So we're like, okay, let's start in Rome. And uh, we wanted to do Sardinia. So the best way to go to Sardinia is like literally like 
short, a couple of days from Rome ride and take a ferry. So Rome, um, we landed in the, uh, at the airport and, um, Anais, uh, father, uh, paid, uh, he was working for Elton back then. So he got us a hotel room at the airport. Oh, nice. Which is, it's a perfect yeah, score. situation. Like you can't get it, you can't get it any, any better than that because like we had the flexibility to build the bike in the, um, the room and not like uh, between two bench at the airport. So I'm still thankful for that today. <laughs> And then we started riding from the airport to uh, this, like the center of Rome, uh, because uh, we went through warm shower, mm-hmm. and uh, we found a host that we were supposed to be there for two day, and uh, like it was like, oh yeah, the ferry is going, but like then you will have only two day to recover, and then you can go. So, but it was like, yeah, you can stay for more, and so we stayed for. A week we visited Rome, which was not in the plan, and uh, I'm really glad we did. And we met his family, and they were really nice. I like warm shower, you way better than hotel. Yeah, for sure. And uh, then from then we decided to go to uh, Sardinia, which was the plan. We took a ferry, uh, cabins. We were still like at the beginning of the trip. We were still like really um, civilized. So we're like, oh, we want to take the ferry, but we won't be like sitting on the, on, on like on the deck and like waiting like 14 hour to go. So we rented the, we went for a cabin, a cabin and we slept there. And then I didn't really s- sleep on the trip because I was too excited. Mm-hmm. But, uh, we landed in, uh, Sardinia, um, on the south of the island. It's been a while. So, but, uh, I, there's like, uh, if I can probably look around there quickly, I would, we were, I probably wrote it around, but, uh, I, I still use Google map nowadays. So we landed in, I will open Google Maps so Olbia? it will be easier to, uh, Cal- Cagliari. Oh, Cagliari. Okay. So we, uh, we, we, uh, I won't, I won't say landed, but we like, uh, went to Cagliari with the ferry and then we did, we had the choice of doing it, uh, on the West coast or the East coast. And, um, we decided on the East coast because everybody was saying to go on the West coast and we were like rebels. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, um, it's the best decision. We t- I mean, today I still don't know how the West coast is. And I will have to go to figure it out, but, uh, and it's a three week trip. So whenever I have time, I would do it, but I'm really glad we did, um, the, the East coast because, um, we saw a lot of stuff. There were like less people. I think the West coast is more popular because it, it gives on the Mediterranean. And, um, yeah, we saw that like at first we were like road cycling thinking and it was like have you seen the size of this island it will take us a week it took us nearly a month and um really we, we, like, is it that big huh it's not that it's big it's like it's anything that you look at in 2d um once you figure out the 3d thing uh it's uh it's it's just a different animals. Uh, there's a mountain uh, right in the middle and near uh, Nuoro, uh-huh. and uh, um, and it's 
It's a pass. It's uh, actually, it's called the pass of the Magdalena. So, and uh, the winds from France blow on this region and uh, like the bike were on the side. Like the, I remember this, this day as like one of the craziest day. I don't want to say bad because every day on the bike is good, but like the craziest day on the bike, um, bike sideway on the pavement and they were still getting blown. <laughs> Oh, wow. And they were moving, they were dragging. And if we're like, what are we going to do? And uh, I, I think I wrote you, I wrote that uh, we had like a couple of day a week, a couple of day of rain in six months. Mm-hmm. And that was like one of those situations that we were so lucky. I still can't believe it. We were like in the middle of a mountain pass. We look for Airbnb and there's one hundred meter away. I'm telling you there is there was nothing around there oh, was wow. like zero amenity and nothing. it's probably a massive storm coming too right yeah it was like a really windy night but i think what i heard is it's because of the situation of the mountain it's like really windy at least uh, once every two weeks so we're just unlucky but really lucky to find the airbnb and it was big it was like we we felt like like after a couple, uh, after like uh, some week in tents, we were like, wow, that's that's awesome. We have an apartment to ourselves. But yeah, like there is like some highlight on, um, on Sardinia, like um, Calagolones. This is a good one to, to, to tell. We were like on the S125, which is like the road that goes around uh, Sardinia. Okay. And um, all of a sudden we, uh, we, so it's the day after the mountain and there's like a 20, 25 kilometer downhill. It's awesome. Beautiful. We feel like on motorcycle. And, uh, at the end of this downhill, there is, um, we stop on the side of the road and there's two tunnel and, uh, one is like a big car tunnel. And the other one is like the hold one that was converted to like a walking path, but it's not, there's no light. There's no, there's nothing. It's like just weird so i'm like hey i want to go look inside and i tell anna is yeah. I, i'll be back in 15 minutes if not just like come look for me and um i go inside and i don't know what's there and once i'm on the other side there's just like this immensity blue water like it's it's paradise <laughs> i'm like what the heck is this so I'm go I'm flying back the tunnel the tunnel and i'm like anna is we stay there tonight i don't know what is this place? I don't know if there's a camping, but we have to stay there. It was a Calagolones and like, it's one of the, like a uh, national park, uh, ah. like in, it's, it's beautiful. I don't know if you looked around my, my Flickr, but they're like, it's the, like the boat and blue water. Yeah. And, like, I see, uh, I see it right now on the map. Um, yeah, it's like we went, we, we were off season. So we rented a bike, uh, a boat for like, peanuts and like the the guy i never had a like a, i never drove a boat in my life and the guy was like this is going forward this is going backward don't break the impeller and like go <laughs> i'm like okay if i were in quebec that would have been like a seven hour course on yeah. the how not to kill yourself on the boat so but like he <laughs> was like yeah you just go and then i i went but like the water is so blue. And it's that so clear, was... too, looking at people's pictures on, uh, you know, how on Google Maps you get the pictures, too. It's like, 
Uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like I was like, I'm going to beach this boat all the time. Like I was like going fast. And then I was like, oh, no, no, there's a reef. And like we would throw, we would like drop the anchor and like it would go forever. And then boop, a little bit, a little dot at the, <laughs> at the bottom. It's just, it was beautiful. I, I really like this place. I would go tomorrow. But yeah, Sardinia, Sardinia was, uh, was great. I would highly recommend anyone that would just like go for like a month long tour. It's, it's, uh, it's beautiful. Yeah, I think to, to spend some time in Sardinia and Sicily would be, because um, I know one of my previous guests, he spent a, a little while in Sicily and just talked about how amazing it was too. Yeah, we were, we were curious about this one, but like, you know, when you're like when you're cycling and like this the, the that little detour it's it's like for us it was looking it was looking like a big detour yeah so like and we were like still on our schedule i will come back to this but like we we're still on our schedule of being at some place at some time and it was really important to be on time how crazy it was we had 6 months but uh, <laughs> Yeah, so Sardinia was like, because we had the plan to do Corsica mm -hmm. and uh, we took the ferry and it was like, uh, we had an option to go to Ajaccio and then just like go around Corsica and then go to Marseille. But when we like, when the boat was in Corsica, all we could see around was like crazy mountain. Oh, yeah, like a huge mountain. And then I'm pretty sure in bikepacking, I would be willing, but we had like those, like at this point was probably 80 pounds bike. And we were like, no, no way, no way. <laughs> so we just like stayed on the boat and went to Marseille. Interesting. Okay. And then so from Marseille, what did you guys do? From Marseille, we went to Miramas and like uh, Anais had uh, some family in Set, uh, Hagda. So, um, we were like, okay, so we'll go through, like, we, we really... Did you go to Axel Provence, just north? Uh, no, we didn't, we didn't go, uh, north. We went to, uh, like, if you look at a map, we went to Arles and then, mm -hmm. uh, Le Gros du Roi and then Set and Agde. There's something calming about riding next to a body of water. And, um, this trip would have been, like, dubbed easily the waterway, uh, trip. <laughs> because you, 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 when you looked at the map and what we did, there was always like a, a waterway, a canal or like uh, the Mediterranean, the Atlantic, the, like like anything that was a river or anything. It was always next to that. So that's kind of funny um... that we like followed every waterway, except for the most popular one, which is like, I think like the Euro Velo, um, like the, six the big one that go. Yeah. La, yeah, La Loire and those things. We didn't do this thing, but it was like, yeah, yeah, we can, we can always come back and like do this trip as an organized one, which we'll never do uh, because organized. Oh, I know. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not super fan. I will, like uh, on the on the Rhine, it was like this, and it was like, oh yeah, we will never do that. Well, I went to uh, I, uh, last year. I went to um, the Montreal Bike Expo. And mm -hmm. all these companies offering trips, there was all these big organized trips where you have the follow van and it's all tailored to pensioners who have lots of money to spend. And yeah, I can see the attraction. I, I'd say like, you know, if I was like, if I was, you know, 65 years old and I was retired and I had money to spend, 
and I wanted to go biking in Europe, but didn't really want to carry all the bags. And that makes yeah. sense, you know, do it. If that's, if, if that's your thing at that time, you know? Yeah. Is it really touring though? So, um, I, I mean, guess, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's cycling between two points, but like, I don't know. I, I feel know, like that's what sure. I did this summer too, though. I cycled between a few points, but I don't know. Was it touring? I was going fast and far and I, I was bikepacking. That was bikepacking. Yeah. <laughs> this on, is, this is where I draw the line. <laughs> this is where I draw the line. If you go fast and then you really want to go like, like 150 to 200 kilometer a day, this is bikepacking. Ah, okay. So. Yeah, I think I think like I came to peace with that, but we'll come back later to yeah, that. Sounds good. But um yeah, so from then we like big, 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 big um like plan is like going to Carcassonne because uh like the castle and everything. Mm-hmm. So we took um so we took um uh like a waterway, which is like a Canal du Midi, the classic one. Okay. Uh, the classic touring one in France, and um, and um, it's a it's a great waterway. It's not as beautiful. No, not as beautiful. It's not as nice to ride that you would think, because it's still a canal, and then you just like, so you take like an oiling pat, and it's just it's flat. So uh, you 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 go into a meditative meditative states, and you just ride, and there's nothing. Just like you. On the on one side there's like probably a forest or a fields, and the, mm-hmm. on the other side there's the canal, but it's still beautiful. And uh, but you go really fast, so it's just once Carcassonne was done, the Canal de Midi is just like there's a couple of attraction, but it's I would say there's probably other stuff that are better to to ride mm-hmm. than Toulouse, uh, then narrowly to Bordeaux. And um, we met a girl that was touring um, from uh, Marseille to uh, Mont Saint Michel. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah, that was that was quite funny because like the first time we saw her, it was on the side of the of the canal, and then she was with her dog on her phone, and we were like two touring cyclists meeting like a touring girl. Like she had like four panniers plus the trailer plus the dog. Plus the dog food. And oh, everything. nice! That's like, amazing. And I, was, I was like, "Yeah, she's like, she's the real deal, like us. Like, let's go meet her." But like, we like we approach, and she's like swearing at her phone. <laughs> so we're like, "Yeah, I feel like she's not going to be our type." Where um, was she from? What was she French or? Yeah, yeah, she was French. She okay. was, her name was Celia. Hmm. So uh, she was uh, from Mont Ventoux, actually, not Marseille. Okay. So the the classic Tour de France. Um, and uh, from then, like, uh, we were just like, okay, that would have been nice, but it's not like what's not to be, not to be. So uh, mm-hmm. we went to a camping and uh, at the camping, she was there and uh, we were like, okay, so uh, cool. Like, we just like say hi and she didn't really respond. Uh, so we we're like, okay, that, that's fine. But uh, the camping owner was like, okay, so the bike and hike uh, site is there. And then she was waiting with the with the lady, like Celia was waiting. And then she was like, okay, where's my site? And she was like, this is the site. You have to go with them. So we met, we started to talk. And uh, honestly, we didn't like it. It was kind of funny because like sometimes you miss someone and you're like, oh, I don't know what could have been. But yeah. like we we were camping with her. We invited her 
over to dinner because like uh, we had so much food. We were eating so much and uh, she had like ramen over her boiler. So we're like, come on, come with us. We have like, we were cooking every night. Like we didn't want like to have like those bag meal. We didn't have one. We, like we never ate a bag meal the entire trip. Oh, you guys are way better than me. <laughs> oh, no, but that's bikepacking versus touring. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. But Anais was way better than me because if I was for me, I was I would have eaten like a peanut butter sandwich all all for six months. Um, but uh, yeah, she was like cooking, and then like we like we stay we stayed with her. Like we were like the the day after we we're like okay, have a good day, and then next camping she was there, and I was like yeah, we might as well just ride together, you know. <laughs> And, uh, so we, uh, we sticked around, she sticked around, uh, until, um, uh, Mont Saint-Michel, which is like, we spent like, I think a month and a half with her. Oh. And, uh, it, yeah, it was really nice. We did like, um, Fort Boyard, which is what's a really uh, popular show in Quebec. And, um, so we, we like, we did a lot of stuff like Atlantic coast is beautiful like the the dune of pillars did you guys uh, do any um did you do any windsurfing and stuff there or no no we saw a lot of people doing it but we were just like we didn't even know what to expect like when she uh celia was there i was like i'm going we were going to bordeaux and she was like i'm going to arcachon and um like we didn't even i didn't know what was the atlantic coast of france so okay so I was like, you have, like, keep in mind that, uh, like, I had, I went to the U.S. once, and it was my first international trip before that. So I was pretty knowledgeable on geography, but not, uh, not firsthand experience. So I went to, I went to the Atlantic coast. We went to uh, June of Billet, which is like a sand dune, mm-hmm. and I think it's the biggest in the world, like one. It's... 106 meter high. Oh, wow. Okay. It's pretty impressive, uh, yeah. though. I just looked at this Arcachon you mentioned, and the entire city, I mean, the whole north and west side is just beach. Yeah, it's just a sand dune. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> this, this thing is like 2.7 kilometer uh, long and like 500 uh, kilometer wide. Like, this is a place for uh, sand surfing in Europe. Wow. Okay. And, uh, like hundred hundred meter is really high. Like enough. Like it's 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 funny. Like I was running down and like it's like like snow, but like you can't hurt yourself even though you would like trip and mm-hmm. tumble down. It's 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 unreal. Yeah, <laughs> so, I remember when yeah. I was young, we went to the sandbanks because uh, I grew up mm-hmm. in Trenton area, and uh, we would take surfboards and put a whole shitload of wax on them and ride the sand dunes down, which was pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I never did that. Uh, I never saw anyone do that at Sandbank. Hmm. I might try that next time. It'll <laughs> be good. It's fun. Um. So yeah. From from then, like, it's a six month trip. So I'm trying to really condense it. Yeah, um, of course. Yeah, we um we went up. Uh, we did. Um, I I have to say at this point of the trip that um, back then we were looking for experience anywhere uh, we could find it. Yeah, and uh, we met two people uh, that was uh, that did tour for two years, um, and they were in Vermont. Hence the trip to Vermont the second time. And uh, they had a website called Go, uh, Going Slowly. 
Okay. Yeah, or, I think uh, I've seen it or heard of it. Yeah. Yeah, T- Tara and Tyler. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, they were like, um, they did tour around Europe, and uh, we were like, like friend with them at this point, and uh, we were like looking at their website like oh what did they do like is this interesting so it was kind of like a roadmap uh for us but like to loosely follow and uh we saw that they did um they did like uh an island that was called like uh Oléron, and uh the other one was Noirmoutier okay and uh, Noirmoutier you might remember it for like the Tour de France um uh, when they did the crosses uh, the, the the like crossing on the submersible road that was like a couple of years ago. No, I don't remember. And uh, it, it was there. It was, it's amazing. Like it's a four kilometer road uh, that goes like is twice it, a day is underwater. Is it near the Lille d'Orléans? Near Rochefort? Uh, Island is uh, Fort Boyard. Okay. So I think, yeah, so uh, this is the one. And then we did, went to La Rochelle and then hop to, uh, to uh, Noirmoutier. Okay. Uh, Normoutier is more like uh, salt, I think, and uh, Oléron is more like uh, mustards. And, uh, ah, okay. like, uh, yeah. So I think they all have like their own like specificity, and um, like uh, Normoutier was really interesting, given the fact that the the water, like the road, was going under twice a day because of the because of the tides, and it was quite sc- scary to ride because like. It was the only time in my life that I can say that I rode over a jellyfish. Oh, weird. How do you spell yeah. this island's name? It's uh, Noirmoutier, so Noirmoutier en Lille. Okay, so yeah, I see it. Okay, Noir, yeah, N-O-I-R-M-O-U-T-I-E-R. Yeah. If, you look, if you look at the south of the island, you can see that there is a bridge on the, on the tip. But uh-huh. if you look a little bit go higher, it's like Route du Gois, the oh, passage yeah. Yeah, du Gois. Yeah. And yeah, this thing goes underwater, like, I think twice a day. Oh, that's wild. Yeah. Wow, that would be so fun. <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, uh, there's, like, a run there, like, a competition every year that, like, you cross, uh, like, running uh, the, the passage, and it's, like, four kilometers. It's not that big, but, like, they start when there's, like, I think 10 or 20 centimeters of water, and then you have <laughs> okay. to cross. <laughs> So, it's uh, it's quite extreme sports. Uh, so uh, I'm pretty yeah. Sure it's really interesting when you look at the pictures. It's like sometimes it's just like these mud flats, and then all of a sudden water. Yeah, you see like the towers that are in the middle, mm-hmm. like at some intervals. Those are for people. Like if you look at pictures of this thing, uh, those are for like people that get stranded and uh, have to go in the tower, and then they're you can see their camping car floating away and their car getting like underwater. Mental. There's a. I think they have a lot of experience with uh, tourists. So clearly. Yeah. So. Okay. Yep. Up to Saint Nazaire and Nantes, uh, which uh, which really is um, like a uh, uneventful uh, ride until you hit uh, the Normandy Bridge. And uh, you'll see it's it's uh, it's on the Loire, so you see like the ocean, the, uh, the ocean. It's Saint Nazaire mm-hmm. and uh, all this thing. This bridge, I'm pretty sure, is like you remember in Ottawa when they did like the um, the bridge that was supposed to go over the train uh, stations, and they were like, oh yeah, 
we forgot to put the bike pad. Yeah. This this thing is exactly that, but the difference is like it's 100 km per hour. There's lorries because like there is like a, a port on the other side and you literally like legitly think you're going to die. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah, they 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 put the the bike lane right after they were done with everything and they were like just oh yeah, you can just put the bike lane and the people will move. So we ended up riding on the sidewalk yeah. and just walking over. It's, it's like in Quebec going... when you in Quebec City when you cross the the old bridge um, on a bicycle, oh. the steel one and the old iron bridge, and it's like yeah. it's like a meter and a half wide, and there's another bike coming at you, and you're like, how the hell am I going to get through this? <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna. I did it a lot because I was living in Levy, um, and um, I was doing the ride like with the ferry, and uh, it's. At this point, you're like writing and it's, you look in the eyes of the other guys and you're like, dude, who's going to stop? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's kind of a, like, um, you know, like those uh, medieval, like running with a horse and the sticks and you're like, yeah, who's going to stop? Who's going to stop? Yeah. And then, yeah. yeah, jousting. And then I, I usually, I'm, I'm the nice one. So I usually stop, but uh, yeah, this thing, this bridge, I wouldn't, I would say like go up, go to like anything with a ferry up there, but never take this bridge. It's crazy. And I'm not saying like crazy as like someone that would go on an organized trip. And I'm saying it cra- legit crazy for cyclists. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, there's other but, bridges uh, further down, so I guess you could always just go and take a different bridge. Yeah, I, I would recommend that those like anytime, like go up, go to Nantes, go to anywhere, like, but don't cross this bridge. It's a uh, it's a uh, suicide in progress. It's crazy. It's not safe. Okay. Um, which is surprising because like you're like France is the country of cycling, and um, but seriously, this this was probably I'm pretty sure it's I hope it's fixed now. Because it's been five years, but uh, back then it was just like no way, no way. We're it's the kind of thing that we will we will never do again. So from the crazy bridge, <laughs> from the crazy bridge, we went to Nantes, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a, like like I told you, it's always like a canal, a waterway, or everything. So we went on the Loire, and then we took the canal de Nantes à Brest, which is like from Nantes to uh, Brest, so it's uh, higher north. And, uh, from like we landed, um, I'm trying to look for it right now because like, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're on Google map as yeah, well. Like, yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, from then we went to, um, should have lined it up. Um, I had like, you know, that that had this extension, uh, that you could like just put everything, um, on your website and then it would like make the, the, the map for you and like your your path mm-hmm. your your route and uh the extension is expired so um too bad uh, um nice. yeah to verville uh, sur mer so uh so completely north there's a little bay up to uh, north to Caen, and then uh we went we went there and uh so yeah, it's um like this ride. I would say it was like we were getting a little bit um we were getting um like tired of riding around along canals, and um 
I have to say that the first thing we were scared of is mountain because like when we went to Vermont, we had like crazy mountain and uh, we went on top of like the first mountain and mm-hmm. there was like, this is like a 60 miles view and all we could see is mountain and we had like those like triple 105 crank set. So we were like in Europe, let's just avoid as much as possible mountain. Right. Seems like the logical thing. <laughs> Yeah, logical thing, but we it turned out that in southern of Germany we encounter mountain and we're like, wow, we love mountain. <laughs> so don't don't think like you have to keep in mind that if there is like mountain, it's not the end of the world and it's probably a good downhill. So mm-hmm. so from then we went to uh, Le Havre, Fécamp. Uh, we went to. Um, Yep. So, uh, yeah, no, okay, sorry. I got it. I got it right. Okay, so cut. <laughs> so, we went to Nantes, to Rennes, to Saint Malo. Okay. Which is like you can see Jersey, Guernet, and uh, Saint Malo. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, okay, now I get it. Sorry. I was like, I was like at Romanchely, but way later. And um, yeah, from Saint Malo, we went to. Um, to but Saint Malo is great. Uh, I ended up in Saint Malo, which is where they started like the expedition for like North America and everything on uh, July 24th. So, uh, June 24th, sorry. Oh, okay. So, uh, it was uh, Saint Jean Baptiste, Saint John's. So, and they were celebrating and they were like Quebec bands there. And then I was like, wow, after like a couple of months on the road, I'm like back home <laughs> a yeah. little bit. So I was like quite bummed to 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 miss like the national like national day in Quebec, and then mm-hmm. I ended up like where, where it all started, like with like Quebec flags everywhere. I was like, "Wow, that's, oh, that's awesome!" Really neat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, we spent a couple of day. Uh, we spent a like couple of hour hour in Saint Malo. We camped around like first uh, first three camping were closed, so we were really lucky there. And then uh, we went uh, up the coast, uh, we cut a little bit, and then we went to uh, Mont Saint-Michel. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mont Saint-Michel is a beautiful place, but it's it's one of the beautiful places that you, like, it's like the Eiffel Tower. You look at it, like, from the distance, it's really beautiful, but as, like, the closest you get, the like because like on, on the touring bike you're always like alone or with like someone's yeah. or like you're riding on the road you're riding on back road so you're not really used to um crowds and uh like we uh we r- rode around paris for this reason because we're like we can go back to paris anytime but like this time is to visit like the back road and um mont saint michel we we had like a day of rain before we slept at the hotel and then we went for the day and we we're like, okay, it's going to be a, like a day trip. So many people like, um, Oh, is it that busy? Huh? Oh, it's like, you can't turn around. You, you, you have to walk. It's like a river. Like when you're swimming in the river and like with, uh, like strong, uh, like strong currents, mm-hmm. you have to go in the direction of the currents and then aim for the, for uh, like the, the like the side of the river like the but uh it might have been good this year with covid (laughs) yeah exactly i was thinking like it was uncomfortable back then it would be 
inappropriate in COVID time. Like that would be like a hotspot. It was so busy. I, I couldn't even believe it. But like when you look at my picture on Flickr, when I'm far away with like the fog and everything, I'm like, this is the most beautiful place in the world. And once you get in there, there's so many people that you like, you're t- you can't have a tension span. Like it's like, yeah. there's a tower. There's like six people pushing you. There's like it's, this stand, pay for this. And it's, it's like, like the Great Wall of like, China. It's like forbidden. It's like everywhere. Um, Angkor yeah, Wat yeah, in yeah. Cambodia. It's, it's like, it's a, Beautiful it's until there's spot. 10 buses of Chinese people in front of you trying to take pictures. And, <laughs> yeah, and I'm not exactly. saying anything about Chinese people. I'm just saying that they, they tend yeah, to do big tours, you know? And um, Yeah, exactly. And this is this is how they live. Like, I mean, like how they live in like Mont Saint-Michel. Like, they, they live on tourists. So yeah. they have to get people. But like at some point I was like, wow, I haven't signed up for this. So um, it was good from afar. Not it was beautiful from afar, but like a uh, lesson learned that when we looked at a castle, at uh, a castle or something like a landmark, sometimes it's beautiful from afar. Mm-hmm. So good from far, kept... far from good. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the expression. Yeah. Um, from then we went to we said bye to Celia, and uh, she went back home, and uh, we're still friends. Uh, she came to Canada. Um, I think three years ago. Oh, nice. And, uh, we were, she, she had like that whole Quebec, uh, can, Canadian experience with like sled dog, uh, maple syrups, um, visit of the, of Ottawa. And, uh, yeah. Time for a quick interruption to thank some of the bike tour adventure partners. The bike tour adventures podcast is proud to be partnered with Redshift sports founded in 2013 by a team of mechanical engineers who happen to be avid cyclists. They've been focused on creating components that make a meaningful difference to the riding experience, such as the switch aero system, the shock stop suspension system, and the kitchen sink handlebar system. I've been using the dual position seat post paired with the shock stop stem since 2020 and have nothing but great things to say about their products. Beginning in 2010 with environmental sustainability as the main focal point, Restrap has been in the bag making business for quite some time. Having used a race back since 2021, I find their holster system and magnetic buckles to be extremely effective and truly unique. Named after the animals that roamed the Tibetan Plateau, Cheru Endurance Bikes was started by Pierre Arnaud Le Magin in 2009. After noticing a lack of endurance bikes on the market, Pierre used his expertise, know-how, and racing experience to create high-end carbon fiber and titanium bikes for the discerning rider and racer. For discount codes, check out the show notes or go to the Bike Tour Adventures podcast website. And uh, I, I was trying to, to get her to a library. And um, after a while looking for it, I remember that this library that was really nice was actually in Budapest. So I was like, oh, God, we've been walking for one hour, but I'm really sorry. I just remembered that this library is not even in Ottawa. It's in Budapest. <laughs> but if you want, we can go to chapters. <laughs> but I was like, oh, I have to I have to get you there. But like uh, after a while, I was like, oh, I'm really stupid. Sorry. Different country, different part of the world. <laughs> yeah, it was like a plane, like a little plane trip away. So you were saying but, once you guys got into Germany that you guys... Um, started to realize how much you missed cycling in the mountains right yeah yeah um so so we did like the big turn in amsterdam and like that's that's a classic of course, city yeah. and everything and uh but like once we 
get to Germany, we went on the Rhine and the Rhine is flat. And um, because of the Rhine um, tides, like they had like a lot of uh, Atlantic tides, um, they built wall to avoid like the city, like most city on the side of the Rhine, like the upper side of the Rhine to be flooded. Oh, okay. So when you ride on the side of the Rhine, the Rhine, all you see is a wall and water. So we did Germany down to um, Alsatian, like Frankfurt and like those, those city uh, in three days. So uh, it, it's a quite a long ride, but like we were like, there's nothing else to do than ride and sleep. So um, we did that really fast until um, until we got to uh, like uh, Mannheim and like the uh, like a uh, French city, um, Strasbourg. Um, okay. And then like three day like to there like it was really fast. There's nothing to see. Like they call it the the like the bottom of the Rhine um, from like I would say Frankfurt is called the Romantic Rhine, but up there is just like I would say like the industrial Rhine. There's nothing oh, to okay. see. There's just like big boats and like you ride as fast as you can. We slept on the side. At this point, we were like hardcore tourists, so we slept on the side of the like on fields and everything and like we're like we're just going to ride as much as possible and then we don't care where we're gonna sleep mm -hmm. uh, because for, for most most part of the trip this is europe you 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 point somewhere there's a camping so or like a town camping so and they're cheap they're really cheap oh are they how cheap are they oh it's like we're talking like sometime i think the cheapest we paid for a camping spot was like six euro for like the middle of the city. I think it's like something like $12. Not even. Yeah. It's not even. Like it's, nine, it's $9, just, $9, $10? Yeah, $9, $10. Yeah. It was like as good as like many other camping that we'd have paid like 20 euro like each for. So I know. I got so yeah, frustrated this summer in Canada because it was like, oh, it's so expensive. It's You're not, giving me a, a camping spot. Like I'm not taking any of the amenities that you provide a camper or a truck, a big, it, you know, RV. And you're going to charge me, try to charge me 20 bucks. I'll just go sleep in the field. Thanks. Yeah, that's crazy. They, they tried to charge you as much as someone in the RV, but they're not, we don't have the same relationship as to, to camping as they do in Europe, where it's more like you can walk to a camping to the other. Like here in Canada, it's like you have an RV. Yeah. So it's like $50 for a camping. If you have an RV, that's kind of fine. But then you're going to drive like 300 kilometer and then sleep. To another place and then drive another 300 kilometer and then be back home That's but right. for us cycling it's like a camping every night so it's like 50 dollars there it was like okay like i remember uh, this summer i did a trip and like the only open camping was like 50 dollars for me and my bike i don't even have a footprint <laughs> yeah that's nuts <laughs> yeah so yeah in in europe like we never blew or budget on camping because it was like so cheap and like they're so used to have people around camping so it's i don't know it's more camping for people than camping for like big vans and like in the u.s i think we're really similar to the u.s here so it's not really like i can bike more like big camping oh, okay so so yeah um like uh after after we like we did like uh like i said like netherland and belgium like, like, a nice thing to say about belgium is like we went to a friend's house 
and we're like, okay, we're going to stay a couple, we're going to stay a couple of day. And they were like, Hey, we're going like, I was in the basement. I remember it like it was yesterday. I was in the basement and they were like, Oh, okay. We're going to go to vacation. It was like, Oh, okay, fine. When now I'm like, okay, where can, <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, it's like 10 hours away. And they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to come with us? And we were like, okay, yes, why not? So we mm-hmm. went to, to Ken for uh, for a day, uh, for uh, like a week in that castle. We stayed uh, like, so we took vacation in our vacation. Nice. It's like inception. It's inception thing. That's a, <laughs> so it we, must be a European thing because I was in Germany in uh, 2007 and mm-hmm. I was in Dresden and I was using uh, couch surfing at the time. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys is like, hey, my buddy and I just decided tomorrow we're going to go to Oktoberfest in Munich. Do you want to come? I was like, oh, okay. I'm like, <laughs> just like that. <laughs> and they were going to drive for like whatever it was, five, six hours or four. I don't even know how many hours. Not that far probably. But mm-hmm. they were going to just go to Oktoberfest. And I said, well, where are we going to stay? He says, well, we have a friend that lives there. So we're all just going to stay on this floor. I'm like, Sounds good. <laughs> go with the flow. Yeah. 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 You wouldn't miss Oktoberfest anyway. No, it was my only time, and it was uh, we were there for two day, two nights. It was perfect. <laughs> yes. So, um, um, from like from then we went uh, from Germany, like to to go. It's a six month trip, so there's a lot there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, from Germany we went to um, we went to uh, um, like uh, Switzerland, Basel then uh to a friend's house and then zurich to another friend's house we were really lucky there because switzerland is really expensive and like i said earlier there's this sandwich index that we used a lot during our trip okay to compare uh countries and um like the sandwich index is like what can you get for uh how much money will you spend for bread uh, ham mustard and cheese uh, in any country in the, of okay, the world. Okay, if you make so, your own sandwich. It's kind of like the Big Mac index, but for travelers. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, I think the Big Mac is pretty... Uh, is, is there a lot of difference between Big Mac? I Yeah, when I lived in Malaysia, like if you went to McDonald's, for instance, if you mm-hmm. bought a Big Mac meal, it would cost you about $3.50. Oh, wow. I need yeah. to move there. And here now it's like, what, in Canada? I don't know. I don't eat McDonald's anymore. It's been a long time. But no. now it's, that's like eight bucks, maybe nine bucks, 10 bucks. I yeah, it's not something I don't, I don't really go to McDonald's, but yeah. yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty similar. It's like, like every country, like we went to, um, uh, when we were in Netherlands, it was just crazy. Like the sandwich index, like this, this is like one of the best places in the world. And uh like slovakia and like for sure like slovakia you're like millionaire yeah it's it's just crazy but switzerland like i was waiting outside one of my last guests was from slovakia sorry feder your sandwiches are cheap (laughs) oh yeah yeah. your last guest was oh yeah yeah remember i i listened to this episode um and yeah like she went inside and then she went out and then she had like bread and cheese and that's it and I was like, I blew the budget. It was like $30 Canadian. Wow. I was like, wow. Okay. So we have to go out of this country as fast as possible. It's beautiful, but time, damn. Time for ramen. 
Yeah, exactly. Let's see what we still have in our on our panniers. So in hindsight, um, you would have filled up your bags with like your bag, your bike backing or your bike bags, extra stuff with all kinds of food just to ride oh, around Switzerland. I understand right? why. I understand why people from Switzerland go go grocery shopping in Germany. That's that's makes a lot of sense. Like when, as soon as we cross the bridge mm-hmm. to Germany, we like back to uh, Friedrichshafen, we, yeah. we ran to a little and then we like we were king once again. <laughs> king I, had and a, queen. I had a I had a girlfriend a long, long time ago. She was um, living in Geneva or working in Geneva at the UN. Mm-hmm. And they all lived in France because they said it was just so much cheaper to live in France oh. and commute. It's just crazy. Yeah. It's just crazy. Everything, everything is expensive. I mean, like we were expecting it, but not to this point. Like at this point, we wanted to go out uh, like of the country. It was beautiful as long as we didn't have to buy anything. Mm. And uh, I went to Frederikshafen after uh, we met someone on uh, Warm Shower. We did use a lot of Warm Shower during this trip. And uh, there were like the guy that was um, setting up the light uh for uh Eurobike. And uh I wanted to stop at Eurobike. Uh it was my main like actually it was one of my main points of this trip. I was like I want to go to Eurobike at Frederinschaffen mm-hmm. at least one time in my life. And like it's like Montreal bike show time to be honest, at least 25, 30 time. They're in old the uh, Zeppelin anger oh okay so you have like every bike companies in the world and more so even like the smallest one and we like we like Stern was there like with their new like ax and the, like their new etap uh drivetrain and like shimano was there and like it was the it was the btac in montreal before the btac went down so it was just awesome and uh yeah, I met the guys at Supernova and uh, I had like a setup from Supernova on my bike, but it was a kind of like a rig setup where I could plug my front light into my USB generator, my USB plug on my bike uh-huh. and then have light. But I had to choose between one and the other, like charging my phone or having a light. And uh, oh, I, see. Like, I showed it to the guys at Supernova. They were like, oh, this is awesome, but this is not how you sh- we should do it. So he was like, Bring the bike in. We'll replace everything for you, and then you'll have the right setup. I was like, oh, really cool! And they did it for you, yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah, they did it on the on like on their stands. So like, as people were walking by, like they were like rigging my bike with everything Supernova, like like front light, rear light, and new plug because mine was a little bit rusty. Uh, like I, I must have like the only like plugs without any writing on it because like it was just like a prototype. <laughs> And then they they were like, yeah, yeah, go away. Here's some stickers. Those are reflective. It's going to be safer. And like, I was like full kitted out. And I was like, oh, man, that's awesome. That's amazing. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I'm really, I'm still grateful for them. Like to like, because like riding up uh, a tunnel that was like going like, uh, like with an incline, a positive incline was really dangerous because I was in the tunnel and then my speed would drop and then the light would shot. Right. Exactly. And, yeah. Yeah. Not safe at all. So at least now I had like a little bit of extra time before the light would shut and it was more than enough. So, um, yeah, I went to Frederikshafen. We went to, uh, we, we went to, um, like, um, 
Sorry, I'm taking. Uh, I'm trying to read. Mm-hmm. Uh, so from uh, yeah, that's a good point. From Friedrich Schaffen, we um, we Anais went to uh, tourism, um, like tourism stands, and uh, they were like, "There's this new road that we uh, that we want like people to try. That it's called um, like uh, Konigsee uh, Bodensee." Um, and and I just took it, but never talked about it. And then the, the day after she said, like, I changed the plan. We're going to Konigsee. And I'm like, fine. I like, even if I have a GPS, even if I have like a, a map, I would get lost. So, I mean, like, I trust you. So we went there. It was like mountain all the time. And but, did you cycle uh, there? Like, yeah, yeah, we did yeah. cycle there. Like we never. Because it's quite far from never, where you were, right? Yeah, we never uh, no that that you probably have Konigsee, but it's Konigsee on something. Um, uh, it's oh, near um, the Schaunau on Konigsee. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And it's a uh, it's a lake. It's the Obersee and Konigsee. Okay, I see. It. And there's yeah, yeah and uh, it, it's not too far from Salzburg. So yeah, near uh, Salzburg. We, okay. Yeah, we rode there. Like this is the bulk of all the rain and rain that we got in the trip. And we were really grateful for Gore-Tex, um, uh, waterproof, like everything. But uh, yeah, it rains a lot. We waited a, lo- a lot of time before moving in because like the rain was just crazy. So we were like at a camping with a fire and then we would put like um, like hot coal into or cooking pot and put it like in outside the tent, but still inside the uh the little door and like it would get rid of the humidity in the tent really fast. That's a nice trick, by the way. Oh, very cool. Yeah, it, you, you, it's better than Yuko. And you, you just put one in your pot and then you just put it inside your vestibule, like your, your gear uh, mm-hmm. shed. And then it just like get rid of the humidity and you sleep like a baby. But uh, then we went to Konigsee and it's a, uh, yeah, it's a beautiful place. We went for a hike and it's like this bulbous uh, church with like white and uh, white wall, red roof. And like, you see it a lot in Germany picture. Mm-hmm. It kind of looks uh, like a, the, it kind of looks like, um, like Russian Ukrainian style. Bec- like I'm looking at yeah. a picture right now because they have these onion domes, you know? Yeah, exactly. And so lovely place not a lot of people because it's still a little bit remote uh all electric boat to go from the one side of the lake to the other and the great hike um good change from biking every day and after uh, like a week of rain and um yeah from then we went to um it's it like it's a great place um but like as for cycling you're still you're still always on the schedule i'm I have to add that we uh, wanted to go back to Rome at this point, and we were like far in in the trip. So uh, we had to schedule everything accordingly. So we went back to uh, Sol- uh, Salzburg. Mm-hmm. From then, we uh, cycled the Danube. Uh, the, I don't know if it's that in English, but the Danube. The Danube, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's or Danube. Uh, I, I don't. Know. I think it's Danube. Danube. I don't, I don't know I, what I, people. I don't know. I don't know what people say. Danube. Yeah. Yeah. In French, we say Danube. But <laughs> it was nice, and it's still another waterway. But it's um, it, this is where everyone go to an organized trip. This is like, like I say, I can see the attraction because like you put your stuff on the boat, you cycle to the other 
like towns or a waypoint mm-hmm. and then the boat waits for there for you there and then you just like go back to your cabin your right. cabins and you sleep there and then you can cycle back so we follow a lot of groups that were like there and i was like hey where's your boats and it's like no we don't have boats we have boats for bikes so <laughs> we don't need boats and um like up there we went to um Vienna, that was a nice place. It's like so interesting, so much culture. Yeah, I was there once. And it's beautiful. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a beautiful place. Uh, I like uh, Prater. Prater with like there's uh, attraction parks and um, like amusement parks and um, like the, the ferry wheels and like there's, uh, there's so much to see. Like they and um, Bratislava. Mm-hmm. which is like really funny for us American that always think that you can buy everything for five cents. Um, Euro it's not trip. Far- <laughs> <laughs> Euro trip. Yeah, exactly. What do you think I was thinking about when we roll into the city? It's like, I'm going to buy an hotel, <laughs> but it's not so far from the reality because when we, che- when we went to the bank and we were like, okay, we need to um, change our money for Florence. Um, we were like, okay, we go to the bank. And then Anais went, went inside, redraw the money from the bank account. And then she came back like she would rob the bank. She was like, I'm, uh, it, it, there must be a mistake. But like she exchanged like a couple hundred euro for like 300,000 something Florence. And she was like, yeah. wow. And then you go to any grocery store and then you understand that a cereal box is like a thousand dollars. So, <laughs> but still. It's it's still funny, but like yeah, Euro trip there, but like we met a lot of cool people. We the portions like like the like we we go we did go to the restaurant. We order like I I did order two beers, like big meals, like desserts and everything, and it was like for two people, and it was like fourteen euro. So I know I used to live in um, I lived in Russia. I'm not sure if you knew for a while when I was younger and traveled a lot of Eastern Europe. And it's just so ridiculously inexpensive for us with our Western budgets. Yeah, it's cheap. Like it's like uh, if you go on a budget, go to like Eastern Europe because like uh, you'll have your money worth of like thing to do. And And it's a bit more wild too. You're going to have, you're going to have a different experience than traveling on Western Europe. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can't rely on English. Like you'd be better like relying on German and like this country. I learned that really fast. Um, Like trying to speak English and people are like English. It's like, like there's not, not a lot of people speaking English around. Like you have to speak German and then everybody's going to like, it's the like the second language, so yeah. it was quite a like cultural shock. Shock that like we go everywhere in the world, we speak English. Like I speak French and English, and I'm like, yeah, I can go anywhere in the world. I can even speak a little bit of Italian. But the, this this was a shock because like in like small country, you go from Slovakia to Hungary, and then like you just cross a like a small footbridge, and then all of a sudden the language change. Mm-hmm. And you say I, you just learned how to say I in the language and then they're like looking at you funny and you, then you realize that you're not even in the same country, <laughs> which here you can like cycle like 5,000 kilometers, you'll still be speaking English and then you can cycle as far as you want down un- uh, until it starts speaking Spanish. So like it's funny for us, like North American to go like in those countries and like it changed 
really fast, like Belgium, which is like tree language in the same country. Yeah, I think uh, the best one, the best way I heard it described, um, a buddy of mine from way back, one of the first podcasts I recorded, I, I knew him in Sweden. He was like, uh, I think he said he cycled through five countries in one day, you know, or before lunchtime, just where, yeah. you know, just in this one spot where you're so close to all these different countries. Yeah, we crossed Belgium in one day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We're like, oh, that's it. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and from like to, to like yeah, I to think like I think like Switzerland, Liechtenstein, Germany into Austria, and who knows, right? Like something like that, something crazy. Yeah, like when you're up like uh, on the Danube's, uh, it's uh, you can go like Slovakia. Uh, you can go like uh, if you do like Austria, Slovakia, Germany, you could do mm -hmm. uh, what is like. Like um, Czech Republic, uh, yeah, Czech Republic. I was about to say that, and then you you can just like go all around those countries like and really fast. So you can you can literally like travel to like a couple of countries in the day. So um, so yeah, and uh, Celia has a friend that was a jeweler in the in the Budapest, and uh, she knew someone that has an apartment, and she was like, "I'm not using the apartment, so you can stay there for as long oh, as nice. you want." Yeah, and uh, we like in uh, Belgium. We changed our plan from going to Rome to Rome uh, to uh, because of the mountain, and uh, we didn't know that we would like the mountain that much. But like, we're like, uh, no way, we're crossing the mountain to go back to Rome. So we're like, we're gonna stop in Budapest and stay there for a while. So uh, it was still like twelve day left uh in the trip so we stayed in budapest at uh, the apartment that the and did you, did you like, do any sojourns out of budapest to different places or no no it, it was kind of like a weird feeling after six months of traveling we had like 12 those 12 days left and it, it was like i don't know something changed in us and like it was i don't want to go anywhere else i think it's over i think like the not the spirit was killed there but they're like okay but it it's felt over. like it was a time to end it kind of thing yeah yeah like we didn't really miss home but it was like yeah i don't want to go further i want to go and budapest is a pretty good city to spend 10 12 days oh in. we spent like we, we we spend like days around the, the city i got like the funniest aircut ever because i couldn't like tell the like the, the, the air stylist, what I wanted because she didn't speak English. And the, the bar district's <laughs> like, really cool. Like it's just a nice city yeah. to, to just really Yeah, nice and the city. bats, the bats, the, the garrets are mm -hmm. like the, the, you can take the subways everywhere. And like, no, it was a, like um, Budapest was like, was really nice. And we visited like a lot of like back streets because at this point of the trip, we were like more interested in like what was not a tourist attraction. Mm -hmm. And um yeah, we had a good time in Budapest and then we flew back home and uh, yeah, there was like a hand of six months and uh, sleeping in a, in a really silent bedroom after like six months in a really nosy tent. It was hard, right? It's uh, it's a weird feeling. What was, the, uh, what was your feeling like coming back from the tour and reintegrating into like normal life? Like, did you, did you feel stressed by it and... The um, our friend in Vermont, um, Tara and Tyler, they were like, when we went back, like it was like so easy and so and like the 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 weirdest thing is like people 
around you, it was just like a fast six months for them. Or it was just like for them, it was just like a fast two years. Yeah. But for you, it's been like a million year of experience. So you come back and you're like, hey, yeah, like, what did you do? It's like, oh, no, not a lot. I just like worked and that's it. And yeah, you're like, it, it's really hard to connect with people. And uh, like, to, uh, like it, this is why, like, there's a lot of people that were like, I tried to talk about my trip, but like people were not really receptive. But like for them, it's so hard to understand, like going for so long that like this lack of connection with people was weird at first. And like, the, like people just going in their everyday life and just like, okay, this is life now. And then we went road cycling with our friends and they're like, okay, you just want to go as fast as possible and you don't talk to each other. All you look at is your rear tire in the peloton and then you just go back home and then you count your Strava. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, I was shocked at, at everything because I did a ride, like um, I rode with my uh, my friends and we went to, um, we did like the same loop that we used to do like before we left for the trip. And like, I was looking around and I was like, I never knew there were a waterfall there. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's I, uh, crazy. It's, that's kind of what kept me away from Canada for about 15 years in total. Um, every time I came back, I was just like, okay, like, they're friends. My friends are still friends. It's just we don't have the same connections, the same interests. Uh, yeah, exactly. So it was hard. A lot, of, but... a lot of stuff changed. Can I ask you a few questions um, about your budget? How did you guys budget throughout the trip? Um, how did you keep it sensible? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I am the worst person in the world for, uh, as for budget, but uh, when you tell me to do something, I do it really well. So this is what Anais did. Um, we, it's half a year. So uh, half a year, we budgeted for um, approximately $10,000 each, okay. which is a really comfortable budget. Yeah, it uh, sounds pretty comfortable, it. actually. Yeah. It's like $20,000 for two people living in tents. It's like there's people doing like years with uh, $5,000. Yeah. And was that including uh, the bikes or that was like after the bikes and stuff? Some of this budget went to the bike, but not all of it. Okay. Um, I was working the bike shop back then yeah, and I had deals. some connection. Yeah. But uh, yeah, true, true deals. But um, I would say most of the budget was still there. So like, uh, let's say that we started like the trip with like $9,500 each. And to stay on track, uh, we had like an Excel sheets um, with like um, negative uh, number at the end. So we would like say, oh, we spend like $12 there. And then we would say, we would see and, and the grand total, like how it would impact on, on month to month. Mm, so um, okay. it was like easier to, because like if you go and say, I'm going to spend like 20 $25 a day, you stick to it, uh, you stick to this, and then uh, one of a sudden you have like to spend two hundred and fifty dollars on something, and you're like, no, 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 this is I like, can't do it. Yeah. yeah, and um, th- the way we did it, it was easier to budget because we were like, okay, we didn't spend spend the twenty five yesterday because we slept in the tent on the side of the road. Uh, we have fifty today, so what are we gonna do with it? Or like we have like seventy five today, so it was easier to budget because like we were always like backtracking or spending, and at the end of the trip we ended up with like 
a firm zero instead of like, uh, like, oh, we have not enough to go to take a taxi to the airport or, wow, we still have $3,000. So um, it was... Um, so the goal was, there was like saying, this is our budget. We're going to make the most of our trip with this money and we're not going to leave any stones unturned if we can afford yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. So don't like, don't skim on like the attraction or don't like, okay, like don't go there because it's too expensive. Like, can you afford it? And uh, it was mostly it. And did you guys eat out a lot or did, because I mean, big part of traveling in Europe is to enjoy the food in Europe or did you cook <laughs> your own food mostly? Um, we did cook our own food most of the time. Um, Funny story in Sardinia, I was like uh, hauling a potato around my uh, around my panniers, oh, yeah, and like not. it was really funny because like NAS was like I was like really tired that day, and we were on Hop the Mountain, and I was like, okay, it's it's too heavy, so I'm just like I take the potato and just like threw the spuds down like a cliff, <laughs> and they're like I will never buy any potato again, and then. A um, couple of weeks later, I made peace with those potato, and um, we decided to do something with a uh, uh, like piece of bacon, mm-hmm. uh, wine, potato, uh, onions, and just like cook it in the pot. And it was so good with a little bit of cheese, and like it was so good that we were like, oh. Yeah, we like potato might be a good thing to hold around. Maybe that's something yeah. to to say too is like, you know, it's not just enjoying the food that you get in the restaurants in a country, but when you enjoy French cheese in France or Italian <laughs> yeah. French wines in France, you know, you're getting the authentic Ex- thing and it tastes really good anyway, so Exactly. We were like still stopping for like restaurants once like once in a while. But um, the good thing is uh, we did so much. Well, like we did so much. We did like approximately like 12 or 15 warm shower grand total. But like every time we would stop there, like I, we had like local meal, not mm-hmm. just like, like, oh, do you want like a bowl of pasta? Like in, uh, in, in Rome, uh, we had like, we knew like we, we got like told the difference between like multiple cheese, like multiple Parmesan and uh like in France, we had like local, local like uh, apple pies. And it was like, we didn't have to go out because like people would mm-hmm. like come to us and like give us specialty, like ah, specialty. Okay. And, awesome. and in Germany, it was easy. So like, yeah, we cooked most of the time. So, and we didn't really mind because we had everything. We really have like everything but the kitchen sink and we still had like a little sink. So... Perfect. Hey, uh, I want to ask you, um, jump forward and, um, well, we can, I think, uh, the conversation about the, the tour in Europe has probably pretty, pretty well filled itself out there. Um, yeah. I want to talk about bikepacking because I noticed that more so in the last couple of years, you've gotten a lot more into bikepacking. Yeah. Um, and especially in terms of like localized adventures. So, you know, within here, within the region, uh, yeah, exactly. What are some of the some of the different trails you've done around? I see like the PPJ, Trans Canadian, Cataraqui, KMP, Prescott Russell, yeah. Petit Trains yeah. and all. I really like the Petit Trains and all. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an highway. <laughs> yeah. It's a gravel highway. Um, yeah, I was I was against uh, bike packing for a long time. Um, I thought it was ridiculous because like 
those people I had a lot of encounter as I was like touring with mm-hmm. bikepacking and they were like always missing something. They was like, oh, I have a flat. Do you have a tube? And like, why don't you have a tube? And like, how can you like, like cut your tube brush, but then like take like two extra like box of mac and cheese. And I, I couldn't like figure out this thing. I was like, why don't you just like put four panniers? and just go it's gonna be like <laughs> way more comfortable for you i couldn't get through this thing um until like um shimano uh which i'm like i'm a contractual worker with uh, shimano uh they uh i i i it gives me access to a lot of stuff uh through them and uh they did like the um uh, um i think explorer discovery um uh line of bike packing bag Oh, yeah? I didn't even know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's a Trudor Pro brand. And, um, like, I, I feel really bad not knowing exactly if it's, like, Discover or Explore, but I'm pretty sure it's Discover. And, um, yeah, they uh, they did this series, and I was... I, I did, like, in the middle of this summer, I did, like, my... I would call, like, the uh, L-trip, where I started the um, Trans-Canadian Cataraqui to, uh, like, uh, I think it's called KNR. Okay. Or PNR uh, to Kingston. And uh, so it's KNR, uh, KNP, sorry. And um, I lasted three days on this trip with my touring bike. Classic touring bike, mm-hmm. um, 100 pounds. Uh, everything like for being like autonomous because like you have to remember that it was like in the lockdown and nothing was open not even camping so i was like i have to be 100 percent autonomous so i have all my meal for five day everything was prepped i had like i thought i would be okay but uh it was 43 degree celsius mm-hmm. at the peak of it and uh that was like consistent through the through the day so the first day was nice the first day I did like 50 kilometers camped on my like secret spot uh on the Katara Creek and uh the day after I did like 120 kilometer saw nobody and then slept on the like a little like ridge up the uh Katara Creek trail trail and the third day I was like no way no way just like this is just too hard I'm making it too hard for nothing so I caught. And, and how long was the like, trail in total? Uh, the trail was like probably 120. I was like nearly to Kingston. Uh, like my trip was probably like 300 and, uh, 380 kilometer. Okay. So it's not that bad. I was planning, I, I did plan for five days. So I was like, yeah, this, this is going to be easy. It's just rail trail. Um, but yeah, then I was like at the beginning of like the 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 KMP, and I I was like, no way, I can't. So it's like it's just too hard. And I'm like, I'm running out of water all the time, and everywhere I taught on the map, like you know that two D three D thing. Uh-huh. Uh, every every taught every time I taught, there would be like a lake or something. It was just a ponds or like a beaver dams or like. And do you bring a, a do you bring a water filter with you? Yeah, I did, uh, and I used it on uh, sham uh, like um, front. Uh, Rideau Lake, mm-hmm. but uh, it was not enough. Like for the quantity of water that I that I needed, yeah. it was just like it was just impossible. And like I started my last day with like half a bottle of water. Oh shit! And, uh, yeah, and it was like already in the morning. It was like thirty two degrees, 
And uh, I was like, okay, I'm going to go back home. I'm going to short, I'm going to take a shortcut. Um, I did uh, get out the rail trail and I went through a mountain to a canoe lake. And uh, I'm really lucky somebody on the road, like a cyclist was like, hey, do you want water? And I'm like, what is he offering me water? He's on his bike, but like he was living like a couple of meters away. Oh, okay. And uh, gave me like seven water bottle and like full of water so i like just filled up all my bottles. i did that this summer too though i would just like literally i was going down the road and i stopped and the stores closed and then i see some houses off in the distance and i just went up and knocked on people's houses and was like can, yeah, yeah. can you most, fill up my water bottles time, <laughs> like i'm dying most of the time it's just like water so people are like yeah fine like take water it's yeah. important but like it gave me cakes and it gave me like foods and i was like oh, oh man wow. you're you're awesome. So I went and I, I like did like a mountain pass. I did like gravel roads that were like, it would have been nice with a gravel bike. I taught that all the time. I was like, that would have been really nice with a gravel bike. And I have a gravel bike. It's my, actually, it's my AWOL that I converted back to a gravel bike. Okay. But yeah. It's a, it, it started as a gravel bike, but I just like went, turned it into a touring bike. And now I, I bought a Surly Ogre. So oh, yeah. I, it's my new. It's my real touring bike. Is now. the ogre the the mid fat bike, the one that can? I know uh, the three? ogre is like the twenty nine er troll. So it's like uh, hardcore touring. It's like you have the long old trucker. This is more like hardcore road touring. The ogre would be like more hardcore every t- type of pavement touring. Okay, you can you can put like two point two inch tire and like it's a it's a twenty nine er and the the ogre is the twenty nine er. The oh the troll is the twenty seven and a half. Okay. And, and, uh, yeah, so I thought it was like a really nice gravel ride. And then it was 43 degrees. I went back to the, to the rail trail, to the Trans-Canadian and, uh, I was cooking. I did 160 this day with my 100 pounds bike and I was burned and I was like literally bleeding from everywhere you could bleed. I went on the, I was on the bike for like 12 hours straight. Um, and, uh, like. Uh, I put my bike, my my bike, and I was like, okay, that was just too crazy. And uh, so Shimano came with those uh, bike packing bag, and I was mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, you know what? I might just give it a try. Like not like going to France, not visit because there's nothing to visit. Everything is closed. It's pandemic. So I'm like, I'm gonna keep it safe. I can travel. It's it was not like full lockdown. So I'm like, I'm going to keep it safe, stay away like from major place and just like, right. So I put like small bike packing bag. I put like a tent because I still feel like I, I can't do amok. I had one mm-hmm. and I don't like it. Um, tent, uh, I, I bought like a two person tent for this one. I, uh, I had, um, a quilt. Now I'm not using sleeping bag. I use a quilt and it's great. Yeah. Is it a down a quilt? Yeah, the down quilt from yeah. like from Termarest. Yeah, um, well, I've heard of just yeah people saying down quilts are just phenomenal, versatile. Yeah, yeah. In Europe, uh, we had like the King Solomon from Big Anus, uh, Big Agnes, and uh, it's like just a sleeve to put your mattress. And they say anyway, if you sleep on your sleeping bag, you will just compress it down, and there's not going to be any R value to that. So you might as well just like put your mattress and have a good mattress. Okay. So what did you? So what is that? It was a mattress sleeve. Yeah, it's a matter like so instead of having like a full on sleeping bag with uh-huh. like uh, down everywhere, you just have like slip uh, down on top and then there's a mattress sleeve integrated in, into uh-huh. the sleeping bag and you just like put your mattress in there. 
and it goes all around. So it's like a sleeping bag, but the mattress is integral part of your sleeping bag. Oh, interesting. What was and, that called? Uh, it's a Big Anis, uh King Solomon. It King's... was a double white. Okay, interesting. Cool. Yeah, we slept in the double wide sleeping bag and we managed to not like break up during this trip. It's uh, a, <laughs> it's, it's quite a feat. <laughs> it enough. was nice because of warmth, like when you're in the double wide sleeping bag, you're just like exchange warm, like we never froze our ass. Yeah. But yeah, quilt, uh, Termores new mattress for like match this uh, quilt and uh it's uh, so minimum, minimum, just a little solar panels and like to, to recharge because mm-hmm. I knew I wouldn't have access to anything. Flew down the Prescott Russell to uh, Rigo. And did you and start then, that in Ottawa? Because it starts just in Gloucester, right? Kind of thing. Um, there's a there's a shortcut that I know uh, because I'm I'm in central Ottawa. I'm up the like I'm like uh, literally on the canal. So yeah. I took the canal. And then there's a there's a place where you can just like ride there. You go on the back of the store. There's a little passage, old train tracks. You go there. Uh, there's no train track anymore. But then after that, you just cut to a field. And then you're like, when you start to think that it was a bad idea, you end up on the Prescott Russell. So you don't have to go all around Rockley oh, Road. Okay. Okay. Good to know. You have to yeah, show yeah, me sometime. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'll show you. I'll send you. Uh, I took a picture the other day uh, to show on the uh, Ottawa Bicycling, uh, bicycle, bicycling uh, Club um, page. Um, but yeah, then the Prescott Russell is just a rail trail and has like there's a lot of people that say, oh, it's not good. Pay- it's not good gravels and everything. But for me, it was just like fine. I had like my uh, A wall that I converted mm-hmm. to uh, GRX uh, Di2, so it's like oh, nice. fully, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's it, like I converted back to full on gravel. No, like no touring thing. It's like as lightweight lightweight as. And I do you could. use it with a one by eleven or two by two by eleven? No, two two. I am I am. There's a great debate on this. Mm-hmm. Um, my new touring bike uh, is uh, one by twelve. Um, 10 and 1051 on the back and 30, uh, 32 uh, up front. And I did my mat and it's exactly the same as a triple crank set, like a really wide range triple crank Okay, crank you set. just lose all the stuff in between, right? Yeah, exactly. But like I discovered that when I hold a lot of stuff, I don't really care about my uh, my cadence as much. Right. But when I'm on a gravel bike, which is all like all for like one buy i don't like it at all because i'm it's like it depends when you're adventure fully adventuring like in gravel biking like and then you turn and then you go to a mountain bike trail i can see the attraction but for me gravel biking is more like back roads and Mm -hmm. um like i wanted like a road setup with a wide range cassette but still uh double chain ring in the front and no regret i like it and um, so, yeah, bikepacking bag. And then I went to the Prescott Russell and it's great. It's it's really great. The 30, like 38, 42 tire, you'll zoom to this trail. And that takes you all the way to like Rigo or a little bit further? Or? No, it goes to Rigo and Rigo, stop yeah. at Rigo. But I wouldn't recommend because like Prescott Russell is Ontario. And then once you get like to, it goes nearly to Rigo and then it turns into Quebec. And uh, Quebec, it's not the Prescott Russell, it's like a quad trail. And the the trail is not 
groomed at all. It's oh, okay. and I would say it's the last five kilometer. So it's like rock that are as big as your fist and like really sharp. I did it and I now that I know, I tell I would tell everyone, don't ride this section into Quebec. Just turn on the 10 and then just ride to Rigo. That's funny because usually like Quebec has like the best bike trails and paths and like oh, it's so God. good, you know? <laughs> you know, like when they say like, oh yeah, we have the best bike trail and then they put their end on this section and then they lean forward. It's like, yeah, yeah, everything is awesome. Just don't look <laughs> under my hand. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's a great trail. And then this summer, and then after that, you so you did that towards Montreal, and then you took the Petit Trains Nord at the same time, yeah. all, all in one trip. Uh, yeah, uh, no, no, I slept in Montreal. I slept at the Techno Sick. Um, I know, uh, I know the owner, and he's a great guy. He's longtime friends, and uh, I slept uh, literally uh, in the middle of the city uh, because they have a backyard, and I could I was able to sleep there. Oh, so cool! Uh, I think. Yeah, I think it was like a one-time deal for friends, uh, so I wouldn't recommend recommend like trying to to go there and ask. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but, I, have, uh, I have family in Quebec, so Montreal, so I don't care. <laughs> oh yeah, so yeah, it's it's. Uh, well, I think my brothers still uh, live there, so next time I'll know where to stop. But uh, yeah, from Montreal, I went up to uh, uh, like the the Petit Nord. This is an awesome track it's like, really good awesome... i i rode it from mont tremblant about 40 kilometers south and then i cut across towards Shawinigan. but it was great like what a great trail yeah it's uh like i, I went to mont tremblant um like so i slept to uh at uh, some friend's house and um like I, I did like from montreal to their uh to their place and uh it was nearly mont tremblant and um like uh like it's great like the like this is how a like a bicycle path should look mm -hmm. uh, like uh, it's it's like great amenity bike shop on the way it's like great the, all and, the old uh, train stations are cafes and stuff yeah, yeah super or, awesome like bike yeah. shop it's it's this is how it should look like honestly uh, like a lot more people would pick up biking if it was always looking like that or like in the eastern township where I'm where I'm from there's like your short ride away from something else on the old train track where on the Kataraki is like, you, you better have like, you're, you're on for an expedition. So, uh, yeah, but, uh, I went there and then the, the, on the last day, this is where I, my love for bike packing started actually. Okay. Um, I started from their place at like four 30 in the morning. And I was like, the, the day before, I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to cycle home. I'm going to go home and uh, I'll do it in one shot. And it was 200 kilometer. Nice. And I was like, <clears throat> I'm not a long distance cycling. I'm like, 100 kilometer is more than enough for me. And um, like, like 150 is pushing it. But like, I was like, 200, I, I can do it. And then like, I went from Tremblant to, uh, to the side of the, like, uh, Gatineau rivers, um, uh -huh. to Ottawa river, I'm sorry. And then up, uh, up the river to Ottawa, uh, from, uh, Montebello. Yeah. But, okay. Uh, yeah. I, I've done the exact same. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's beautiful. And, yeah. Oh, like the, 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 the road on the side of the river, like the, like the side of the road, they're like gigantic. Like you, you could, you could ride to abroad and yeah, you still be comfortable with cars. And, uh, but yeah, like the, 
the fact that you're like you're the widest thing on your bike, your handlebar bag being like the second thing in your handlebar, it's like you get like the aerial advantage that just make you way faster. I couldn't tell you that I that I saw a lot this day, like that I saw a lot of stuff that I like stopped and like talked to people. But just for the sake of riding far and fast, I did 200K. I wasn't even like exhausted. And I was like, I went to a barbecue later that night and I spent like nearly half the time on my bike mm-hmm. that I did with the 160 kilometer day. So local trip where you have option and you're not planning on visiting, or I would say trip under like four, three day bikepacking all the way. I know you modified your trailer with the dynamo. Tell us how, what you did and how you did it. Yeah, there's a lot of people that did crazy thing during pandemic. Uh, that was my crazy Some thing. Some people bought um, dogs. Some people fixed the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I saw. Did you did, did you buy a dog? Yeah, well, I've been planning it for about three, four years. So that dog yeah. has been on my list. It's just been a matter of getting back to Canada, getting settled, and uh, now mm-hmm. now we have it. Yeah, I saw. I saw it. Um, it's a lot of uh, it's a, it's a lot of um, of care for a dog. Um, you have to read. You have to be like really patient, and it's like a. They say it's like a rehearsal kids, but uh, it's a. Uh, it's like a kid it of its own. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean like, for her, I'm I'm totally gonna have her eventually trained up to to come mm-hmm. with me mountain biking and be running behind me, or oh, or even awesome. do like the mountain bike joring where she's hooked to a harness and she's pulling a bit. Oh yeah, so, like a like a like sliding. Like Celia did. Yeah. yeah. Um. What uh? What breed is it? She's a Australian cattle dog. Oh man, those are awesome. Yeah, so it's good. <laughs> they said this is like the dog right now. It's like you know, if I had like the land and like we're planning to buy a house, but like it's a, it's like um, it's one of the it's, it's one of it's on my bucket list. They're nice. Yeah. So your your trailer. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, uh, the trailer is so. Yeah, I was um, I like bike packing. Uh, but I was like, if one day I want to go do this trip that I was planning first with Anais and uh, just go somewhere and then all my stuff and um, stop somewhere, then cycle around, then go back. Um, might be a camping, might be like a, an hotel or anything. I was trying, how could I do that? And um Recently, I we um, like QBP, uh, which is a distributor, became available in Canada, and uh, we um, I I was looking through the website and I was like, oh, they have Burley, Burley. So I bought like a Nomad uh, with the rack, and which is like really the touring trailer. Like you can put hundred hundred pounds of stuff in there, and it's um, like you can do touring with this. I was like, okay, I will hold this trailer and I will put like bulky stuff in there. I put a little bit of bike packing stuff on my bike, like bags and uh, keep it lightweight, lightweight bike wise. But like if I want to like bulkiness, I can like still rely on the trailer. I, I did put like recently, I did put like bigger tire on it. Um, so like it's, it's, it's smoother to ride. Is it using what, 20 inch pro- now or? Uh, no, they're uh, 16 and oh, okay. uh, I, 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 they're still 16, but I just like put a little bit wider of a tire. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, so the the footprint is a little bit wider, wider. Um, and um, but I was like, okay, if I want to keep stuff charged, but I don't want like to uh, slow down my bike with a dynamo, how could I do that? Because like, there's a lot of people riding with extra wheels, and uh, they put a dynamo in the back, which is a like a really nice idea. But unfortunately, I I don't have access through my job to uh, extra wheels, so mm. I end up with like a tr- two wheels trailer. And it was impossible for me to put a dynamo on it. But um, I figured out that if I could put like a gear on one of the wheels, a chain and then a reduction to uh, a dynamo hub that would go on a 26-inch wheel. Um, so going from like a 16 cog to a 28 cog mm-hmm. and then use like those cog that you can put on the disc brake uh, and then put a bracket, I could like put a dynamo hub on the trailer Oh, cool. And then have my USB cord in the trailer. And then I, I would be able to ride and charge something in the back like I did on my touring bike through Europe without having to put like a dynamo hub. The drag is not as terrible on the, on the, on the dynamo hub. But uh, I, like, I was like, yeah, it's a fun little project. It's not, it's not like something that was really necessary, but like it's the kind of thing that I was like, can I? Yeah. Could I? do it so in the future i was planning maybe like to to like ride with it and like be able to like a keep a like a charger battery or like i don't know if i have a i can do whatever i want with this like a small like beer cooler <laughs> with a belgier mm-hmm. or like anything i can do whatever i want with this like i have electricity in the back it's not dragging a lot and yeah since then i even put like a dynamo on my gravel bike so it was Probably totally useless. I'll but be doing that this winter, so we'll be talking about that. Yeah, later. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know you talked to me about uh, about this, um, and it's it's um, like it's not, the drag is not terrible, but like it's more it's most mostly a thing of like can I? And it's really funny. I'm I'm like a curious people by nature. Um, you saw I don't think I'm not sure you saw it recently, uh, but I designed like a new uh, bike packing. Um, like strap deck that you can put like your drag bag um on like your bike through bottle cage and no uh, i didn't see I that i saw i saw you built some tools though for taking some yeah I, I did boy uh i like the, the tool was really expensive so i decided to design it but like recently i designed it like a, a cage that you can put like straps like voile straps and then uh you can replace like some bottle cage or like mount them, mount them on the fork. Like, and there's a lot of people to do that. But, yeah, uh, kind of like the uh, kind of like the salsa anything cage type thing. But, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly, or the Blackburn one. Um, but the the problem with them is like they're fixed height, and I, I wasn't like for me it was just a big drawback because sometimes like your dry bag is a little bit higher than the cage, and you wouldn't like it to put it a little bit down further. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so I designed it like a rail system in the back of the of the cage, so you can just like adjust your little foot, I would say, and then like make like put it push it down forward, like downward, and then put your dry bag exactly where you where you would like it. So yeah. I'm really stoked about it. Like a 3D printer opens a lot of possibility when you're a curious person like me. Mm-hmm. That's really neat. I have to look at that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have to go check out your your Facebook. Yeah, I'll um, send you some pictures. Have you heard of the Log Drivers Waltz bike route? The Log... I've been to, uh, like, bikepacking.com. I, this thing rings a bell, but to be honest with you, I'm 
I don't know. Okay, it's a new uh, it's a new route right around the Ottawa capital region. So it kind of starts anywhere, I guess. Um, but it goes up to like north towards like La Peche, Wakefield, and then it cuts over around the Gatineau Park, and then all the way down through like Pembroke into back into Ontario, down towards like um, Carlton Place or something, and then back up to Ottawa. It's, oh, I think what's, what's the name? Log Drivers Waltz. You know that song where they had the little banum in Quebec uh, the, on the log dancing on the river, you know, yeah. back when we were kids? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they named it after that song. Oh, okay. And uh, it's like a 700-kilometer bike route in the region. So I'm going to... Oh, yeah. I, uh, now that you say it, I heard about it. Yeah, it, I'm planning to hit it really next nice. summer. So, or this, yeah, this coming summer. Yeah, I, we did um, before because I'm not, I'm no longer with Anais, but like it's been a while now. But uh, we did like the, um, the PPG uh ppj sorry um which is like that's going in pontiac up to, right uh, uh, yeah exactly you go so up to pontiac to uh the military base and then you go and after that you can go on the other side of the river and then uh there's like side um like side of the river uh trails that goes like in the old cottage road and like in the woodland but it's it's really nice it's uh like it's a long really long trail But uh, honestly, worth it just for the back, like just for uh, the, your way back on the other side of the river mm -hmm. in on Ontario, it, it worth it. Okay, But, uh, cool. It's yeah. like it's it's kind of like a two day trip. There's a Airbnb in uh, in uh, not Maniwaki, but uh, Petawawa, mm -hmm. and uh, from then you can go back. It's like a two day trip, but like I highly recommend it. But uh, well, my brother lives in Petawawa now, so. Uh... Oh, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? So yeah, log tracker. Is it like a mountain biker? A mountain bike? Or um, just like I think they said gravel? better for mountain bike. If you have a gravel bike, there might be some parts where you need to like push, just because probably r pretty rocky, like a rock garden or something. But so it's bike packing, but in the sense of like you have a plus bike with like uh, like. Uh, frame bags and everything yeah I, i might i'm gonna tr probably do it this coming summer i'm not sure which one bike i'll use I'll, i might use my gravel i might use my mountain i haven't decided yet i would say you you better use the bike that is gonna be the maximum yeah the one that's I'm recommended always, yeah i mean like some one of my friends did like rivière rouge in the like near trambla uh which is like a crazy like one two uh you have to do that it's just like The, usually when you're there you're like uh, probably already tired i was already tired so i didn't want to do it but like um red river mm -hmm. uh, i think it's called red river run and uh there were like a race there and like it's uh it was like on a big tire up front and a 25c in the back <laughs> and he was able to do it but like he had like not a good time so i'm i'm more like take the the biggest bike that you're gonna need and then Like, I'm pretty sure you'll be way comfortable, like, on the mm -hmm. way home. Awesome. Well, hey, uh, Carl, it's been a really, really cool uh, conversation. Um, what's next for you? Like, what's your what's your plans for summer 2021? <sighs> uh, you know, it's really hard to plan. I was out. I actually wasn't supposed to be here uh, until um, end of February because I, I was planning a trip to New Zealand uh, before this whole oh, thing. No. Yeah, I was planning to go three months in New Zealand. The tail around uh, there? The... Uh, I was like three months in New Zealand. It's like you can do whatever you want, <laughs> to yeah. be honest. Uh, Were you going to bike though? Like, or? 
Yeah, yeah. I was supposed to ba- to bike from the North Island to the the South Island, mm-hmm. like do everything. Three months. I was supposed to start first uh, of December, and then everything got canceled. Shit. So um, it's still in the plan. But like with pandemic, uh, I might um, cycle to um, Quebec because I have a lot of family there. Mm-hmm. And um, try to do a little bit like northern, uh, uh, like sort southern Ontario uh, road, and um, probably like go, trying to go like as north as I can, like bike packing. And um, if everything's okay, if everything's open, and uh, like might think about New Zealand again, or uh, but my Japan, Japan is my in my bucket list as well. Yeah, so. me too. Uh, it's it's like this country is it's like the one that I have book about and I watch like one video a week about so <laughs> it's 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 in my bucket list like every I I followed uh, uh, Wheels to Wonder uh, mm-hmm. to people from uh, from Netherlands yeah uh, a couple from Netherlands and yeah those like they went to Japan and it was like yeah 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 they just come from what I was thinking before it's a awesome country to, to tour. Yeah, I've been to Japan quite a few times, but not bike touring. I've done a little one. Yeah. I did one from Osaka to Hiroshima, so. Okay, okay. Would yeah. you would you, would you you do, like, the whole thing? Uh, I would love to at some point, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, yeah I think that's the that's one of the new things. Like, the, the, the thing is, like, working in the bike industry, you always have to time yourself for, like, winter and everything. So I would mm-hmm. have to take some time off for sure. So this is why Canada was always, like, off bound for me yeah and Um, and it's not too bad like japan in the winter when you get down to like let's say the the level of osaka tokyo and south they don't have mm -hmm. bad winter but Mm -hmm. i mean it's a lot of mountains in the country so sometimes in the mountains there could be snow yeah yeah yeah. as like when you go up there's always like like but if you're up in like yeah hokkaido you better go there in the summer yeah yeah or late so, autumn <laughs> yeah or dress accordingly but yeah. like have a have a bad time so i will i will plan accordingly and take some time off but awesome. yeah japan definitely in my bucket list all right well we look forward to keeping on uh, following your adventures where can people find you uh and probably more instagram i was i had a website that i'm planning to start again which is which was called uh cyclenaturel.com um i We'll probably start it again, like uh, mid February, beginning of March. Uh, if not Instagram, honestly, um, you look for Call Presso on Instagram and uh, Forksos, which is like not like the dirty turn of words or anything. It's just because I had like a fork and sauce on the fork, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, on Facebook, uh, I'm not as active on Facebook that I am on Instagram. Perfect. But uh, still there. All right. I'll add links anyway so people can find you through there as well. Awesome. Well, I enjoyed our conversation and uh, I'm sure we will talk sooner than later. So talk to you soon. We'll probably ride together one day. Yeah, hopefully sooner than later. Even some cross-country skiing perhaps um, after Quebec has done their uh, uh, curfew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, yeah, it's, it, we're, we're going to get out of it. It's, uh, it's, it's just a matter of time. Yeah. All right, man. Talk soon. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, everyone. Before we end this podcast, I'd like to tell you about some of Bike Tour Adventures' other amazing partners. I'm very proud to be supported by Brockton Cyclery, a Toronto-based bike shop dedicated to bike touring and bikepacking. 
Carrying many of the top bike touring and bikepacking brands, I can honestly say that they have helped me to build the most durable and fast bikepacking bike possible. We're also supported by Race Day Fuel. Their mission is to ensure that you consume the very best and appropriate food and beverage for the task at hand. Working with top brands such as Scratch, Noon, and Untapped, they have all your nutrition needs taken care of. For discount codes, check out the show notes or go to the Bike Tour Adventures website. Hey there, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Carl Presso, episode number 47 or interview 47. There's tons of other stuff on the podcast. In the time since recording this episode, we've actually gone out cross-country skiing, had a blast, kind of getting to know each other, building a, a little community of like-minded people. So really, really fun to, to get to know this guy. If you do have comments or questions, you guys can email me at chris at biketouradventures.com. Or if you go through the webpage, it'll go to info at biketouradventures, biketouradventures.com, which is perfectly cool and A-OK. If you want to support the podcast, you can do that through patreon.com slash biketouradventures. And for a buck a month US, you can support the podcast and all that money will go back into the development of the podcast and website. It would help so much. I, I don't even know where to say it. Like I just got a new microphone, so hopefully this is sounding better. And, you know, this cost me more money than I've got through Patreon in the entire two years. So obviously it's not bringing in money for, for my pocket. It's just to help things go. So guys, help out if you can. Much appreciated. And keep on pedaling. Bye-bye. I want to end the show by thanking all my listeners once again for the emails and comments I regularly receive from you. It really helps motivate me and keep me going with this project and to continue sharing people's amazing stories. If you have questions or comments, you can email me at bike at bikepackadventures.ca or go to bikepackadventures.ca and shoot me a message through the contact form. You can also check out the webpage for past podcast episodes, bikepacking routes throughout Canada, blog posts, videos, and touring tips. Lastly, I'd like to once again thank all the individuals and companies that are supporting the podcast. If you are enjoying the show and like what I'm doing, you can become one of my show supporters by going to patreon.com slash bikepackadventures. And for just a few dollars a month, you can help keep this show going. You can also help out by sending a one-time donation through PayPal. This money all goes back into the podcast, help me to cover the costs associated with running the show, buy new equipment when necessary, and produce the high-quality content that you've become accustomed to. Much appreciated and keep on pedaling.